Election College, episode 294, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, part three. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Ben, we're going to just talk about FDR for a long time, because let's face it, he was our president for a long time, and where we left off last time, we were only a quarter of the way through of his presidency, if that. That's crazy. And yes, the man was president for a very long time, for better or for worse, depending on your perspective. But, well, I guess what we'll say is we won't do that again because we can't legally. Yeah, it's one of those (laughs) things. It's an end of an era. Anyway, the second New Deal. That's where we left off. We talked about the 1934 congressional elections, which the Republicans were supposed to win, but the Democrats ended up picking up seats in both the House and Senate. And the biggie for the 74th Congress was the creation of a social insurance program for older Americans. Now, FDR wanted this to be for a lot of people, Um, but it was like 60% of the workforce. So farmers, domestic workers, and some other groups were excluded from the Social Security Act, but we can get into that in a little bit. What you need to know is a whole lot of government expansion in 1934. I'm really curious how the the Social Security thing is going to be working out for me in another 30 years. They've been saying that it's going to be bankrupt for as long as I can remember. Right. I don't know. I don't plan on retiring. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother discussion. I'm sure we could have. Did I just say a whole nother? A whole nother. Whole nother. You realize when you're old, I'm going to be really old. Well, you're only like 11 years older than me. I know. I need to start eating more veggies. (laughs) Uh, yeah, me too. I think that's I had probably. my dinner tonight. We were, were were traveling. I guess we're always traveling. There wasn't any other color besides tan and beige yeah. on my plate. I okay. This is a long story that I'm going to make very short. But I had to because of really extenuating extent, really extreme circumstances. I had to go to Walmart to get some work done on my car, and it ended up taking way longer than I thought. And that's a whole different story but i thought you're gonna say another i was uh (laughs) while i was there i was like i have to eat because i've been here for so long and i'm gonna be here for so much longer i've got to eat at this walmart and i went to the deli and i got like this platter with some meat and it was all inedible but whatever and i took a picture of it and sent it to my wife and um i said my food is all exactly the same color and there were at least three different types of food wow yeah was it the ham turkey and Mystery meat? No, it was General So's chicken. Um, Ooh. P- I know. Potato wedges and provolone sticks. 
and they were all <laughs> within a very small degree of each other. That's like an international. But it was only five dollars. Right <laughs> <laughs> we are so wealthy. I know. You ridiculous. just had an international meal at Walmart. At Walmart. Mm-hmm. Epic. While getting your car worked on. Yeah, that was a whole a whole thing. I don't ever want to do again. I'll tell you about it sometime. Anyway, the the first new deal, as you remember us talking about, hopefully in the last episode, uh, pretty much everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people really supported it. But the second new deal, not so much. Uh, a lot of business people were not big fans of it. Uh, more conservative folks, even conservative Democrats, were saying this is like socialism. They they compared FDR to Karl Marx and Lenin. So, you know, it didn't go over quite as well. But still, the majority of the country still pretty much liked FDR. And then, here we go, 1936 is coming up, re-election time. What's going to happen? Yeah, so keep in mind, in 1936, 8 million workers are not employed. And the economy is doing better. But he's still popular because, let's face it, things are a lot better than they were four years ago. And, you know, you know that old adage, are you better than you were four years ago? Well, most people were. So he defeats Alf Landon. Which is such a presidential name, isn't it? Mm. I, I mean, he really goes after him. Uh, 60.8% of the popular vote. He carries every state except Maine and Vermont. Probably because in Maine and Vermont, they really didn't care what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they did. And uh, this really seals the deal for the Democratic Party to be the party of the New Deal. They lose some of the allies that they once had in big business, and they went over organized labor. Uh, they begin winning the African-American vote. And this was the first time since the Civil War that the Democratic Party emerges as the party as seen as the People's Party. So we move on a little while here, and the Supreme Court is really kind of gnawing at FDR. Well, I guess you should say you could say that he's gnawing at them because they are overturning a lot of these programs, a lot of these uh, programs that you know were part of the New Deal and the Second New Deal. The more conservative members of the Supreme Court. We're really uh, striking down tons of them because you know, there's things that you could debate are stifling democ or not democracy, but stifling uh, f- free forms of business and being able to be entrepreneurial and stuff like that in light of more socialistic programs, which some people, when they say socialism, say it like as an automatic derogatory term. This is just a historic objective way to say socialism uh socialistic that's not a word anyway so <laughs> <laughs> um president roosevelt comes out and says he's got a initiative it's called the judicial procedures reform bill of 1937 and basically 
he's trying here to add more justices to the Supreme Court because they're all getting older. They're aging. Now, it is a life appointment, but there are six of them that are over the age of 70. And over history, you may not know this, but Congress has altered the amount of different justices that was going to be on the Supreme Court at different times. And Roosevelt's like, I'm going to make sure that, you know, there's, there's exactly as many people on here as I want. But what happens is Vice President uh, at the time and some other members of the party said, no, this falls under a separation of powers thing. You can't expand the Supreme Court and then nominate more people to it. And since you're going to be president forever, um, <laughs> you can't do that either. <laughs> and so uh, throughout his terms, term, terms, yeah, throughout his terms, uh, FDR actually appoints, I think it's all nine, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, all nine members of the Supreme Court at different points, including the Chief Justice and all eight Associate Justices. So they were all at different points, of course, but in a span of very short time. Yeah, and depending on how you feel about it, it could be a really good thing, uh, considering that some of what FDR did was uh, create uh, the Fair Labor Standards Act in 1938. Uh, this was actually the last major piece of New Deal legislation. This outlaws child labor. It establishes a federal minimum wage and requires overtime pay for certain employees who work in excess of 40 hours per week. It also, or should I say, he also got past the Reorganization Act of 1939, which the residual from this creates the executive office of the president. And this basically is the foundation for that concept of the executive order. So Roosevelt is reorganizing government big time. Probably, I guess this could be argued, this might be something that you might want to interact with us on Twitter about, because I'd be interested in hearing. Who changed the presidency more, Lincoln or FDR? Because mm. FDR's changes actually have quite a bit of an impact on our lives even today. You could say Lincoln's do, did too, but the presidency becomes very powerful. He makes the judiciary more powerful and we have never seen the likes of it uh, before this time. Yeah. And just a quick note, we did an episode at one point, on executive orders and jason just mentioned executive orders so go back and find that episode it's somewhere back there but we know that executive orders existed before fdr okay don't don't be tweeting at us telling us we're wrong because we know that but you know just a new way of the executive orders and making them more friendly i guess you could say friendly for the president friendly for the president yes friendly friendly more friendly perceived I'm going to keep making up words. I'm going to, I was going to say friendly perceived, but that's also not a thing. <laughs> Just know that the, uh, I don't know, the turn of the pen, the rolling of the pen has a, quite a bit more power ever yes. since FDR. Yeah. So they are, it's coming up on time for the 
Democratic primaries. And Roosevelt is very, I don't know how to say it. He's very much against, he's fighting against conservative Democrats who are in Congress. I mean, it's bad enough when you got to fight against another party, but when you got to fight against members of your own party, look out. So he is very much trying to sway how those primaries go. And I'm sure this is the only president before or after this that has ever tried to influence an election. I'm sure this is the only single one. So, you know, we'll, we'll just stop there. But uh, he's definitely um, sticking his fingers in the process. But he fails pretty badly and really only is able to defeat one of the people he wanted to defeat. So the Democrats lose six Senate seats and 71 House seats. And the problem is a lot of the people who lose are pro-New Deal. So a lot of the people who were on his side and helping him form those programs he was so interested in forming are now going to be gone. And so when they come back, uh, when Congress comes back in 1939, they kind of form this conservative coalition. They get together with a bunch of the Southern Democrats who are more conservative and pretty much effectively make it impossible for Roosevelt to do a lot of the stuff he was doing and wanted to continue doing in the future. As far as domestic stuff's concerned, um, of course, you know, many of them are going to pop in and help him out when it comes to things that happened around World War II. So just as we are on the threshold of talking about the outbreaking of World War II, let's back up just a little bit because foreign policy has yet to take a major shift. FDR was very big into the whole good neighbor policy. He was thinking a lot about how the United States acted towards Latin America. Roosevelt takes the viewpoint of, you know what, we're going to be friends with everybody. We're going to withdraw U.S. forces from Haiti. We're going to work with Cuba and Panama. Uh, They're not going to be U.S. protectorates anymore. We're going to treat them as our peers. And then on the broader international scale, Roosevelt takes a non-interventionalist approach when it comes to uh, Italy and what's going on there as well as with Nazi Germany. You know, let's kind of stay out of everybody's business was the MO at this point. Yeah, and this is kind of the uh, isolationist viewpoint that you see for a period of time, especially there right before World War II, um, which of course has pretty far-reaching implications as far as World War II is concerned and our involvement and everything. But, of course, that's a totally different podcast that somebody else does about wars. Uh, We're just talking about the president right now. So, Roosevelt is conflicted in a lot of different things, and uh, he's really kind of got a guilty conscience about not intervening in a lot of places, especially when Japan invades China. Uh, He really feels like he should be jumping in to lend them some, lend them a hand. But because of these policies and what he thinks is right, he decides not to. And of course, this really causes a lot of, you know, negative things to happen across the world at the time. Yeah. And by the time uh, 1939, 1940 roll around, Roosevelt begins supporting 
acts like the Selective Training and Service Act of 1940, uh, which expands the army from 189,000 to 1.4 million people in just a matter of a couple of years. And in September of 1940, Roosevelt defies the Neutrality Acts and begins to help protect the British Caribbean islands. And he gives 50 World War I American destroyers to Britain. He's like, here you go. Good luck. Yeah, so uh, this is all leading up to 1940 and the election that's coming up. Now, Jason, we're probably going to break here in a minute, but I just want to ask you, you remember how back when George Washington was president and he only served for two terms? I know I'm older than you, but I don't remember. Listen, I didn't ask for snark, all right? Uh, I just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I remember. You remember, all right. I think... So, it, obviously, after this, no one... I mean, he set this precedent. He could have been president forever. He could have been king. Uh, so, obviously, no one is ever going to run for a third term and especially wouldn't want to sit for a third term, right? I mean, you just got to be... You got to honor the tradition. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Next time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I, I know we've uh, we've probably given it away here, but way in the to, meantime, yeah, way to have have them on the edge of their seats there, Ben. Yeah, that's that's our specialty. In the meantime, if you all would be so kind to head over to iTunes, leave us a kind rating and a review, and uh, you know it really does help us out. We really like seeing that people like the show, and leave kind reviews about it. And if you wouldn't mind, maybe tell a buddy of yours who's in the history or post about it in one of those Facebook groups you have. You like how I did that? I said one of those Facebook groups. That's how people who aren't um, wanting other people to know they're on Facebook, but they're definitely on Facebook. That's how they say things. You know, that Facebook thing. Yeah. yeah. But, if somebody says it like that, they're definitely on Facebook. You know what's bad, Ben? Hmm. All these people this week have been posting pictures of what they look like in their first profile picture. Yeah. I, I look the same. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I look r very similar except my beard is a little shorter and surprisingly enough I weigh a little bit less oh I weigh you mean now you weigh a little bit less no no oh. definitely not I weigh a little bit less yeah yeah that's just how it goes man Speaking of Facebook, we got a Facebook group. You can all oh, join yeah. up. Go to electioncollege.com slash group, and you will be able to interact with us there. Yeah, and while you're on the internet and you're spending the gift cards that you got for Christmas, because that's what you did, right? People got you gift cards because you didn't put your wish list together. Don't forget to go to electioncollege.com slash Amazon, and we get some affiliate cash from that. It doesn't cost you anything, but it helps support the podcast. For sure. Hey, we'll see you next time for more FDR. <laughs>